In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Ephesians lesson that Pete just read for us is quite a mouthful, right? Well, here's a fun Bible fact for you. Father Joe told me that this lesson in its original form, in Greek, is actually one very long sentence. All of those words, one sentence. And here I am thinking it's difficult to understand in English and with punctuation. I had to read it several times. It's difficult to grasp because the hope for creation we read about here is so different from what we experience in our daily lives, in the world, in the world that is ruled by greed and success, where our identity is found in the amount of money we have, or our skin color, or our job title. We're flooded by these messages of things that don't create our identity in God. It's difficult because Paul is addressing abstract ideas of the unified body in Christ. It's almost mystical language, all in praise of the God who has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Paul tells us that in Christ, God blesses us with spiritual blessings, makes us holy and blameless before him, redeems us, forgives our trespasses, and destines us for adoption through grace. There's so much to cover in this passage. We'd be here till next week if we did it all. So today, we'll just focus on one concept from the text, adoption, and look at the ways that God blesses us through adoption into God's family. First, Paul tells us that God has destined us for adoption through grace. The word adoption calls up an image of connection, of belonging by choice, by God's choice, the way that adoptive parents choose a child. In Jesus, God took on human nature so that we could be adopted as children of God, just as adoptive parents want to give children a loving family. God wants to have a relationship with us. And just as adoptive parents sacrifice to give a, new ch a child a new family, Jesus' suffering and death bring us fully into God's family. We are chosen by God to belong to a new family. Paul mentions nothing in this lesson regarding our works or what we do. He simply praises God for the gifts given by Christ. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? Isn't that incredible? But does every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places sound too good to be true to you? Is it too good to be true? Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at two fruit of what God gives us related to adoption, family and forgiveness. Regarding family, as I prepared for today, 
A story about a little girl kept coming into my mind. One Thanksgiving, the six-year-old girl was bent out of shape because she had to sit at the children's table. You see, in her family, like in many of ours, there's not enough space at the dining room table for everyone. So the family is divided, children in one room at one table and adults in one room at another table. That way, the grown-ups can enjoy their meal on nice plates and glasses. And the kids don't have to remember to chew with their mouth closed. It's a very reasonable and pleasant solution. But her family had 16 adults that day and eight children and a couple of toddlers. But the girl said, it's just not fair. It's not fair that we have to sit at the kids' table in the other room. The mother said, like mothers do, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. One day you'll be a grown-up. You can sit at the grown-up's table then. But the little girl started to cry. And so her grandmother stepped in. She heard, she ever heard the girl's pain and she said, okay, what's going on here? Why are you so upset? And the girl told her, I just feel like I'm not part of the family when I have to sit at the other table. Not part of the family, left out. So the grandmother directed the family to move the furniture. She put a couch on the porch, and she had them push tables inside together to create one large table. The grandmother hoped the little girl's idea of her place in the family would never be questioned again. She said, from now on, we'll have no children's table. In this story, the girl clearly belongs in her family, but she doesn't know it. The grandmother creates a place for her so that she can know where she belongs. In Christ, God creates a place for us at his table so that we can know where we belong. By adoption, we are made siblings, siblings of Christ, and included at God's table. We are not relegated to the children's table. The table of God is completely different from the table of the world, where we must earn our seat. At God's table, we don't have to prove ourselves worthy enough, or mature enough, or have our best manners. As children of God, we are gathered into a relationship of love and family. Which brings me to forgiveness. If you're sitting there thinking, well, there's no place for me at God's table. Or if you're thinking, I've done so many bad things, I've done so much wrong, God would never move furniture for me. Let me assure you that no one is excluded from God's table because God forgives our sins. I'm reminded of a time in which my understanding of this moved from my heart, from my head to my heart. Many years ago, I was an assistant to a person in a high-level government job, and my boss was a woman who I truly admired. I thought the world of her, and she was a true mentor to me. At the time, though, I was young, immature, and unqualified for my job, 
Nevertheless, she asked me, she gave me a huge responsibility. She asked me to, to uh, give a speech at a large gathering, and I said yes. So she also offered to help me prepare, but because I thought I knew everything, I said, no, I got this. Over and over again, I brushed her off. I know what I'm doing. I've got it. But the night before, I went out to dinner and drinks with my friends. And I figured, I'll, get it. I'll just get up early and write that speech. <laughs> well, the morning came, and I had nothing. And I showed up at the event empty-handed, where she greeted me with a smile, but... I said, no, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not prepared. And the strange thing was, I, at that time, I didn't really care. I felt justified somehow because I needed to have fun, I needed to go to dinner, and I needed to sleep in. Doing that would be like me telling Father Joe right before this service that I wasn't going to preach. <laughs> it crossed my mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? Are you joking? She didn't even have time to get angry with me because she had to go do the speech for me. And as I watched her courage to get up in front of 100 people and deliver a talk unprepared, I felt shame and embarrassment. Shame because I lacked compassion for a person who cared about me so deeply, and I had lied to her. And what I remember most later on about talking to her that day, I couldn't make eye contact with her. My shame was so great, I couldn't even look her in the eye. So I held my hand over my eyes. But I was, I was embarrassed, and I felt bad. So I cried, and I said, I can't believe I did that to you. I'm so sorry. What do you think she did? She had reason to fire me. She could yell at me. But instead of doing either one of those things, she touched her finger to my chin and she pulled my head up to meet her eyes so my, our eyes would meet. Look at me, she said. Look at me. I forgive you. We don't have to talk about this ever again. Wow, in that moment when my eyes met her, I felt what can only be the work of the Spirit through her, what true forgiveness feels like. I learned what it feels like to have a weight of shame and guilt removed from my heart. So the concept I understood in my head had moved fully to my heart, God's forgiveness through another human being. And how much greater is God's forgiveness for all of our sins? It's too great to imagine. My mentor that day allowed herself to be a vessel for the Holy Spirit. And it was transformative in my relationship with God. It was an invitation to receive what is found at God's table, in God's family. So is Paul's message too good to be true? Well, I say it's not. I say it's not, but don't listen to me. Listen to the scripture. Scripture says it's not. The Bible says it's not too good to be true. And we have blessings given in our relationships to provide a glimpse of, of the truth of God's message in scripture. We see the way we are bound together through adoption 
as members of God's family, and we are recipients of God's forgiveness. Amen.